1 Corinthians chapter 1, and I'm going to read to you the 4th through the ninth verses. And I want you to listen to this because this is my whole message today. This is, this is the message that I have for today that the Lord has given me. 1 Corinthians 1 and verse 4 says, I thank my God, and I mean this. I wouldn't, I wouldn't preach on this if I didn't mean this. I mean it too. I thank my God always on your behalf for the grace of God which is given you by Jesus Christ, that in everything you are enriched by him, in all utterance, in all knowledge, even as the testimony of Christ was confirmed in you, so that you come behind in no gift, waiting for the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ, who shall also confirm you unto the end, that ye may be blameless in the day of our Lord Jesus Christ. God is faithful by whom ye were called unto the fellowship of his Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. Gracious Heavenly Father, we thank you again for your word. Thank you for the, uh, the blessing that we have of being able to read it. Lord, I know uh, my eyes are not as good as they used to be, but maybe, Lord, things will straighten up one of these days and they'll be better. I know they'll be better someday. I'm going to see a lot that, that I've been looking forward to see. But, Lord, I just pray that you'll see fit to take care of us. Help us to really believe, Lord, that you're in control of everything that you're in control of our lives, you're in control of the church's life, you're in control of everything, Lord. Help us to believe that. Help us to really believe that. And don't try to convince ourselves that that's right when we, sometimes when we don't even believe it, when we think we, we have some control of our own life. But Lord, God controls our lives, and I'm thankful for that, Lord. I'm thankful that you've controlled my life all these years, and, and, and you have made me what you would have me to be. Lord, that's not much right now, but, but, but I'm thankful that you have made it. Go with us now and take care of us. For it's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Thank you. you may be seated. Well, this song's going to go right along with what we sung today. Boy, even what uh, uh, Karen and Joseph sang. The title of my message is God's Call to His Elect. God's call to his elect. Think about that for just a moment. God's call to his elect. Every one of us who are truly saved, I hope, I hope all of you are. I, I hope and pray that every one of you are saved someday. When you go to when you come come to that day when you're gonna have to face the Lord, that I hope and pray that, that every one of you are saved. And, and and that's exactly exactly how I feel about it. That's exactly what I want to see, want to know. Every one of you are saved. Um, every one of us who are truly saved have your spiritual origins in the call of a thrice holy God. Let me let me say this, folks. If God had not called you, you wouldn't be there. If God God had to call you. Uh, the Bible is so plain on that. No man can come to the Father except, no man can come to the Lord Jesus Christ except God draw him. That's just paraphrasing. That's that verse. You can't come unless the God draws you. And he draws you by that call, that inward call that he sends to you, that, that small voice that comes to you a day in your life. And I want to tell you, folks, 
we're going to talk about it here in just a moment. That's a great change in your life. I'm telling you, it's a great change in your life. It's, it's one that God changes your life uh, tremendously when the thrice holy God calls you. If you're saved, then there is that experience, and you know it to be true. You know God has called you. If you're saved today, you know that there was a time when God called you. It's not just one of these things that I decided to get up and walk down the church aisle. Or not one of these things I decided to answer what the preacher said about coming forward. We're talking about God actually calling us and, and, and making us to where we can't, we can't stand it no longer. Just like Brother Bailey said, you know, when he came forward, he looked at his mom and daddy and said, I can't stand here no longer. And, and uh, that's when he came forward and the Lord saved him. You know, that call comes. That call comes, and you better be sure that that call has come to you. Paul, the apostle, said, uh, he said, for whom he did foreknow, he also did predestinate to be conformed to the image of his son. Now, this is everybody. This is not just certain people. This is not just the preacher. This is not just the good church members and, the, and those faithful church members. This is everybody that's saved. He says, for whom he did foreknow, that those are the ones he knew before the foundation of the world, who, who he knew he was going to call, he knew that. He also did predestinate to be conformed to the image of his son. God's going to make you what he wants you to be. He's not, he's not, going, to, he's not going to let you make yourself be what you want to be. You know, it's one of those things, you know, we, we preachers, preachers like myself, we get I've, I've got, I've been told uh, by one young preacher that over in Alabama, somebody said something to him about me, and he said, well, he's just an old hard-nosed Baptist. I am. It's exactly what I am. And I, I, I stand for these truths. I've always stood for them. I'm in my 54th year right now standing for these truths, and I've always stood for them, and I haven't varied very little from what I believe about these truths. And, and so he makes us what he wants us to be. He, he predestinated us to be exactly what he wants us to be. That he might be the firstborn among many brethren. Moreover, whom he did predestinate, them he also called. There you go. And, and, and them he, and whom he called, them he also justified. And listen to this. And whom he justified, them he also glorified. You know, you're sitting here today. If you're saved, you're already glorified. You're, 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 you're just as sure as you're sitting here today. We talk about God being in control. Just as sure as you sit here today, you are exactly what you're going to be someday when you stand before him. You're going to be exactly what you're going to be when you stand before him because, because he is... Uh, he, he has already glorified you. He has already seen your death. He's already seen your resurrection. He's already seen you seated in heaven. He's already seen all that. That's, that's what that word glorified means. You're already glorified. He, he did that. He did that when he called you. He glorified you and made you exactly what he wanted you to be. And, and he's he going he to see that you dare. Just like Paul said, Paul said, I'm, I'm convinced that, 
the person that I believe is going to do exactly what he said he's going to do. And I believe that, and I believe we ought to believe that. I believe all of us ought to perk up and believe that too, that we're going to be exactly what he promised us we were going to be. And he said, I've already glorified you. He said, I've already seen your death. I've already seen your burial. I've already seen your resurrection. I've always used an example of of uh, being um, the Mississippi River. You know, if you get up high enough in a plane, you can see the beginning of the Mississippi River. You can see the end of the Mississippi River. If you high enough in a plane, if you switch sides, because I, I had it happen. I happened to be on the left side of the plane when we went over the Mississippi River, and the pilot said, all you on the right side, look out, and he said, you'll see the beginning of the Mississippi River. He said, all you on the left side look out and you'll see the end of the Mississippi River. Well, God knows beginning from the end. He knows it all. We, we might as well get that in our head. God knows beginning. God knows what things are going to be like. He, he knows he's doing what he's doing today for a purpose. He has a plan and a purpose. It's all being taken care of. You know, we, we can let this thing get us all out of kilter if we're not careful. We can we can take we can get too serious about some of these things, you know. I, I never seen how many people got so serious because Trump got beat. You think if God wanted Trump back in there, he'd put him back in there? I, I can't help it, folks. You can run me off if you want to. I don't care. Well, there's a lot of young preachers out there who will let you do anything you want to do if they get to be pastor of this church. You got preachers out, young preachers out there. You, you're not going to find any old preachers. Because not many of them left. But some of them young preachers don't care if you drink a little bit. They don't care if you smoke a little bit. They don't care if you curse a little bit. All that's okay. And some of these younger preachers that are out there today. But I'm going to tell you, folks, I'm going to preach it just exactly like it is. And I'm going to do that today. There are many precious things we inherit because of that call. That call brings a lot of precious things to our lives. It was a call of grace. That call was a call of grace. Again, Paul says, I thank God always on your behalf for the grace of God which is given you by Jesus Christ. We have that grace, and we have it now. I have it now. And I'm looking forward someday when my day comes, I'm going to experience that grace. I'm going to experience that grace. I want to tell you it's a wonderful thing when you experience that grace that God has given us. And it's a wonderful thing. Again, Paul says, for by grace are you saved through faith, that not of yourself, it is a gift of God. See, that's what God gives everything. He, he's given us everything we have. And why do, why do we want to abuse that? Why do we want to abuse that with trying to convince ourselves that God's in control of everything? when things don't seem to be exactly the way we think they should be. God is still in control of everything. He's he's still in control of everything. He's going to be in control of everything until this world is emptied. And this world has been been, uh, taken over. He's in control of everything. He's going to be. It was a call of grace. It, It is in grace he calls... While we were yet sinners, he completely stopped the life 
we were living to call us by sovereign grace. That he stopped the life. That we, if you're saved today and he called you, he called you to salvation, he stopped the life that you were living. And he changed over. Now you've got to live his life the way he wants you to live it. He expects you to live it the way he wants you to live it. He doesn't, he doesn't want you to make decisions on your own. You know, we, we, we make a lot of decisions on our own. We, well, I know I, somebody told me one time, said, I know what's good for me. You may know what's good for you, but you're going to do what God says is good for you or you're not going to be in fellowship with him very long. Believe me, folks, that's true. It is an enriching call. It's an enriching call. The text stated, he says, that in everything you are enriched by him in all utterance, in all knowledge. Now, that's amazing. That's amazing that God can just all of a sudden take a stupid person like myself, call me and open me up and let me see things that I never saw before in my life and then be able to preach them. What a great blessing that is. You know, God called me to preach. Uh, uh, he called, well, I was saved March 27, 1967, 54 years ago. That was just past. But I was called to preach first Sunday in, in May of 1967. And I was called to my first church to serve as interim pastor in 1967. How does a person change like that? How do you take a person off the street and they just change like that? It has to be God doing it. Listen, folks, we, we need to realize that. It has to be God doing it. It, it, is a, it is an enriching call. The changes he brings to our lives are very enriching. There is the knowledge of God. There is great power. There are treasures in his word. I tell you, I, I don't care how much you study his word. I've studied his word ever since the Lord saved me. I started studying his word the minute the Lord saved me. And I've been studying it ever since. And I've gone through the word. I've preached from every book in the, new, in, in the, old, in, in, in the Bible so far. I've preached a message from every book. But I go right back and I find things in those messages I preached years ago. I go back and I find things. I said, well, now, how in the world did I miss this? How in the world did I miss that? How in the world did I miss that? That was right there before me 50-some years ago. But now I see it. I, I, how, how did I miss it? It's almost like every verse of the Bible has new meaning to you every time you open up the Bible and start reading it. So it's, it's an enriching call treasures of his word truly we are rich in all things rich in faith rich toward god we're rich toward god jesus said that jesus said we're rich toward the lord we're rich toward god it is a blameless call it's a blameless call he says who shall also confirm you until the end that you may be blameless in the day of our lord jesus christ why are you worried about it you're going to be blameless He's going to see you when you go to this, when you go to the judgment seat of Christ, if you're saved and he sees you, he's going to, he's going to, he's going to see you as a, as a blameless person. 
You'll say, well, I've sinned a lot. Well, we're going to have to answer to that. But, but he's still going to see you as a blameless person. Those sins are not going to send you to hell. Those sins that he's going to see of you is not going to send you to hell at all. So it's a, it's a blameless call. Very, very blameless. We're going to see that and understand that. I hear so much, and I've, I'm not going to say that. I've already said that. I, I, I wrote in here, I hear so much that the Lord is in control. Well, believe it, believe it also. Don't just say it. Herein lies the, the practical use of the blessed hope, the hope that Christ will come again and call again. We have that hope. I, I have that hope every day. Lord, I... What, 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 what a blessing it would be if Jesus came back before death came to me. I mean, I've been to many of a funeral. I've helped to many of a funeral. I, I went yesterday to, down to uh, Uvalda at to Benny D's. I used to drink coffee with them at, at McDonald's, and I went down there and yesterday, and, and I don't like funerals. I don't like funerals. I don't like it. If I never have to preach another one, I, I'll, I'll be as happy as a lark. I don't like funerals. I don't like death. I can't stand death. I can't stand, I can't stand sin anymore. That sin I have in my own life. I'm not talking about your sin. I can't stand my sin. Can't stand that anymore. And, 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 and let me tell you folks, there's things, there's, there's things that God brings to us that makes us blameless. Christ will come again and call again in his unbelieving. There, it is the unbelieving who thinks this is in vain. It was the scoffers who said in Peter's day, where is his coming? Where is it? Where is his coming? We're, we're sitting here waiting. We're watching. Bible says cast your eye upon that eastern sky because someday he's going to come back. We're sitting here, we're, we're listening, we're waiting on that. Where is it? The scoffer says it's not going to happen, but I believe it is. I believe it's going to happen. I believe it's going to happen just as sure as I'm standing here today and you're sitting here. I believe Jesus is going to come back someday. He's going to part open that eastern sky and he's going to call Again, he's going to call his children up out of the grave. He's going to call those, those sinful bodies up out of the grave. He's going to change them. He's going to make them what he wants them to be. He's going to give them a glorified body. And you cannot go to heaven unless you've got a glorified body. That's what he's going to do. What are you going to do someday? Scoffer said, well, when is that? Just remember. Just remember. And every man that has this hope in him, purifies himself as he is pure, 1 John 3, 3. Every man or woman that has this hope in him, purifies himself. You know, we live better lives. We don't just go out on our own and do as we please. I had a young man call me yesterday, or no, Friday. Him and his family live two and a half hours from our church. And he said they were going to drive down here and come to church. There's seven. There's eight of them. Six kids and mother and a father. And they said they're going to drive down here, come to church. Stephen West. 
He called me and talked to me for a long time. He said, he said, now that his mom and daddy don't live in Brunswick anymore, he has no reason. He said, but we're only two and a half hours away. And he said, they're going to drive down here. And he talked to me about a lot of things. But let me tell you, folks, it's not that far. Two and a half hours is not that far. My goodness, look at Brother Monty Rossbrook, how far they drove every Sunday to be in the Lord's house. It's not that far. First church I pastored, I didn't, well, the first church I interim pastored, I drove 365 miles one way to go up to Illinois and serve as interim pastor of that church in Illinois every Sunday. I drove up there 365 miles one way, 365 miles back. And all the time I was there, I could not get them. They had an 8 o'clock Sunday night service. And I tried to get them to move that up so I could get home a little earlier. But they'd be sometimes I didn't get back home until five, four or 5 o'clock in the morning after I'd leave up there. And I'll tell you, folks, that's just uh, that's, that's one of those things you'll do if, if you belong to the Lord. I had people tell me, why do you do that for? That's stupid. That's stupid for you to drive up there 365 miles and then have to drive back in wintertime. That's when I decided not to go back up there anymore. I came home when, and it started snowing in Illinois. By the time I got to Vincennes, Indiana, I was pushing. Brother Sam, I had that 67, uh, what, was, what was that? We had Camaro? What, no, what was that? That one at the Chevelle. Chevelle, yeah. I had that 67 Chevelle. Had a big engine in it and everything. I pushed snow up from 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 north of Vincennes, Indiana, all the way to Vincennes, Indiana. I crossed over the bridge into Louisville, Kentucky, and it wasn't snowing. And I said, boy, I can't handle this anymore in the wintertime. That was in November. And that's the reason I called them up and I told them, I said, I'm not going to be able to come back. I'm sorry. But I, don't, I told them when I took it, I said, it's not going to be for long. Because I'm still in school, I'm still studying, and, and, and I, I'm still uh, uh, doing these things. And, and I said, uh, I'm not going to be long. Well, I, ne- I got home, and when I walked in the door, Rhonda said, somebody's been calling you from Cynthiana, Kentucky. And I got on the phone, and I called them, and they called me about a call to come down there and pastor a church. And I called them up, and the very next Sunday, I went down there, and I preached for them. And they called me as their pastor, and I stayed there almost nine years. Let me tell you, folks, God, when God gets a hold of you, you'll do a lot of things that you don't realize. I pastored Cynthiana, I pastored Calvary Baptist Church in Cynthiana for $15 a week. $15 a week. And I thought one day they'd give me a raise. I paid me $15 a week, and I drove 50-some miles to church and back every Sunday. You do those things. You do those kind of things when God has a hold of you. You don't, you don't run around here like a chicken with a head cut off, not know which way to go, not know which way to turn. You know what God wants you to do. And lastly, it is a call to fellowship. It's a call to fellowship. Again, 
The great apostle says, God is faithful by whom you were called unto the fellowship of his son, Jesus Christ our Lord. Oh, what a wonderful fellowship that is. What a wonderful fellowship it is that I can lay in my bed at night and I can pray knowing that Jesus Christ is right there beside me. That's a wonderful thing. That's a wonderful thing. I, I had to turn over the other way. I always turned to my, on my left side when I prayed. And I had to turn over the other way for some other reason last night. And I apologized to the Lord. I said, Lord, I apologize for turning my face away from you, but I don't mean it. You'll say, well, that's stupid. Well, it might be to you, but it wasn't to me. wasn't to me. It's fellowship. I love that fellowship I have with the Lord Jesus Christ. I love to have fellowship with you all, you folks. I really do. Y'all don't know how much I enjoyed going over there yesterday. Here I was. I was a, I was a thorn among a lot of roses. And I enjoyed going over there yesterday and having fellowship with those ladies especially when they fix breakfast. I enjoyed that. I enjoy having fellowship with you folks. I really do. I enjoy having fellowship with you. Y'all, all the fellowship I have, really. I don't have much other fellowship. It's a call to fellowship. There are so many of God's professed Christians that is, quote, unquote, what a high, they don't know what a high calling really is. This call is a call to partnership with Christ in testifying to others. We work with him. I'm working with him today. I'm working with him today. I, that's, what a, that's what an under-shepherd is. Brother Sam likes to talk about an under-shepherd. That's what an under-shepherd is. He speaks on behalf of the Lord when the Lord's not here anymore, here on earth. He speaks on behalf of him. And that's what, that's what we're doing. That's what we're doing today. I'm speaking on behalf of him. It's fellowship and testifying to others, preaching the gospel of Christ to others, building up his church in the world. It was a great apostle who told the Colossian church, for in him dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. In him is everything. In him is everything. Oh, perk up, folks. Perk up. Some of you look like you you just lost your whole family. Perk up. Well, let me tell you, folks, this is something that we need, really need to think about. This is something that God has laid on my heart for today. Perk up. Perk up. Don't, don't act like you lost your whole family. Don't act like everybody's dead. Not everybody's dead yet. And probably some of us are going to be dead before a lot of them are. For in him dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. Colossians 2 and verse 9. And from this fullness we have all inherited what God would have us to have. He says all things are yours. I'm going to give you, to, I'm going to give you all things. All things are yours. Death, life. Every, everything's yours. Paul says right here in the book of Corinthians, he says everything belongs to you. Christ belongs to you. God belongs to you. Everything belongs to you. Everything. You have everything. You have everything. What, what more would we want? 
What more would a child of God want than everything that God has? He says, all of it belongs to you. Yes, he owns the cattle on a thousand hills, and he owns the hills. But he says he's going to give them to us. They're going to belong to us. They belong to us now. But they're ours. We have them. Sad part about it is some people don't ever come to claim them. They don't ever come to claim them. They go around, they mull, and they, they are sad and they're unhappy and things don't go the way they want them to go. So unhappy. You know, uh, I'm trying to get over this stuff that I got some time back. I still have a breathing problem. I'm taking breathing treatments, but they're helping, but not much. I'm giving out of breath right now. But not much. I'm telling you folks, my heart, I've got heart problems. I'm taking heart medicine. And it's better, thank the Lord. My heart has quit running away with me. My heart didn't do that before. We have everything. We have it all. And I pray to God that if you don't believe that, that you'll come and you'll learn it to be the truth. If you're here and lost, I pray you'll come. We're going to have Reggie come and turn this thing off, and I'm going to come down front, and we're going to sing.